This is The Playbook. Welcome to Office Hours with David Meltzer. Surprising, I'm David Meltzer, but I'm more excited about our unbelievable host and guest today. And this first guest is a special friend of mine, and I was just talking about the virtual world because he's having such an impact, uh, not only virtually with all the movies and books and, of course, interviews that he does, but he also is having an impact live, and he has one of the greatest live events to change your life. John Asaroff, CEO of Neurogym, my friend, and I say that proudly, welcome to Office Hours. Hey, my friend, it's great to be with you and uh, everybody else that's in studio. Welcome to our neighborhood. Your frequency is your neighborhood, and you're definitely at the right frequency to be here with us. And one of the things that a lot of people may or may not know from all the different content that you're involved with is that a lot of what you do is evidence-based. There's a lot of theory out there, um, but what I really like about your business and your mission is it's science, and that there's real math behind it, real science behind it. It's not just some assumption of a trillion variables that may or may not be true. Can you help me with some of the actual hard science that you teach and empower people, especially at your live event, and the millions of people that you're impacting with it, what are some of the key science uh, criteria that allows us to get out of our own way? And I think that's the best way I describe what you do, is you teach people to get out of their own way to reach their potential, but there's science behind getting out of your own way. Sure, as a a behavioral neuroscience researcher, I've been researching for 41 years, and then I act as my own guinea pig on the research and saying, okay, Um, what's in my way from achieving, whether it's my health goal or business goals or any other goals that I have. And usually you're going to discover that that's going on with your mindset, right? The skills of what we can do is readily available, but why do not do the things that either they know they should do or could do? And the answer will usually boil down to, um, they may fear, whether it's a fear of failure or a fear of being embarrassed or ashamed or ridiculed or judged uh, or disappointed. And so the protective mechanism in every human's brain is for avoidance of any pain or discomfort, whether it's real or imagined. Uh, And it's also for safety and security. So one of the things that all of us need to learn to, to understand is what's the science around the fear circuit that gets activated in a human being's brain. And the first thing you discover is that what activates my fear circuit, like maybe if somebody tells me there's a snake right at your feet, I might just look down and go, oh, wow, and pick it up and take a selfie with it. Whereas another person is going to run across the room because they're afraid of snakes, even though they may never have been a snake before. So when we're dealing with science-based understandings, it's to understand what triggers the motivational circuit in the brain that releases dopamine, which causes us to be motivated to do what we need to do, and then what causes the fear circuit or the stress circuit to be activated. So I consistently am more evidence, evidence on what is going on in the human mind. Um, How does self-image or self-worth affect your ability to achieve a business goal. Uh, Some people go on diets, lose 10, 20, 30 pounds, only to gain it back and then some. 
like what's happening neuromechanically is really where my work comes in and the researchers that I work with. And then taking the research and saying, okay, if you want to and keep it off, here's what you need to do. Here's how you reset your, let's say your weight or fat thermostat. If you want to uh, double or triple your income or your business, well, here's how you reset your identity and your beliefs and your habits that drive your behaviors. So that's what I mean by evidence-based. Let's understand the science of what is happening in our brain and understand that we are all creatures of, and everybody just answered in their own mind habits, and very, very few people understand what are the neuromechanics of a habit, and how do I stop the disempowering, destructive, or negative, and how do I start and uh, reinforce the positive ones so that I can achieve my goals what I like to say is a little faster and a little bit easier. Awesome, John, I'm a huge fan of your work. And one of Thank the things you. that I see quite often is individuals spending a lot of time building technical skill, getting PhDs, master's degrees, multiple bachelors, but it never sure. really helps them hit the mark and take action. Because many can't recognize that it's an inside soft skill job that also supports taking that action. How do you help individuals recognize that maybe it's that self-confidence that they need to build? Maybe it's that self-worth and the value they need to build instead of adding more technical skills that really isn't going to help them change that resistance or build that confidence to take action? So if you think of a car and you think that there's a variety of different pieces that make the car work, you have your engine, you've got your spark plugs, uh, you've got your brakes, you've got your gas, you've got your uh, gas tank, you've got your pumps, et cetera, your electrical system, they all have to work synergistically. And having one without the others doesn't make it work. So when people learn hard skills, um, getting one part of the brain conditioned to have confidence around the skill. But having skill around some technical things like whether it's being a mechanic or being a dentist, a doctor, a lawyer, a, an entrepreneur, doesn't translate to the behavior that's required to actually implement the skill. That actually happens in another part of the brain. And there are several factors that really need to be understood. Number one, we will never outperform our hidden self-image. Mm. So if I have a self-image around my technical skill and I'm really good at that, but my self-image around being an entrepreneur is weak or low or negative or disempowering, um, we will always rise to the level of our subconscious hidden self-image. So when we work with, whether it's entrepreneurs or anybody else, we focus on how do I help them upgrade their identity and character to match the destiny or the vision and goals they have. And then that leads to, well, what is an identity in the human brain? What are beliefs in the human brain? What are the habits required? And is it possible to create them, reinforce them, to make them and automatic? And the answer is yes, because we know there's no human beings, about 108 billion humans have walked on planet Earth since the beginning of time, and there wasn't one born with fears, self-image, self-worth, beliefs, or habits, not one. Propensities for some things, yes, but no neural patterns that were reinforced. So we developed our identity. We developed our character traits. We developed
developed our beliefs. First and foremost, we ask, okay, how did we develop them? And the answer is, well, probably our parents and teachers and caregivers were the first to imprint their beliefs and ideologies around us. Then television, books, comic books, uh, experiences reinforce those. And by the time the average is about 12 years old, 13, 14 at the most, something called the neuroplasticity switch, the brain's ability to create and reinforce new connections is gone from being on 100% to mostly off. So for us, you know, adults, 25, 35, 55, 65, we actually have to refire the brain to rewire it. And that means that whether it's uh, visualizations, which is a simulation in the brain that fires neurons and wires neurons, uh, whether it's pretending and behaving like a Hollywood actor actress gets a new script they've never seen before, and they practice that script, they read it, they record it, they film themselves doing it, they get people to watch them, people critique them, and they tweak and modify and modify and tweak. Well, the very act of reading it fires neurons or brain cells in the brain. The very act of repetition, especially spaced repetition, allows us to create a neural pathway. The very fact that we will repeat it over one day, 10 days, 30 days, 60 days, 90 days, allows us to build this, what I call a neural highway, then a pathway that then becomes an automatic pathway. We know that repetition creates permanent patterns or semi-permanent patterns. Most people don't invest enough time on the soft skills to on the hard skills. So they'll spend you know, four years, eight years getting their degree in a certain subject, but they won't spend five minutes a day doing what I call is innersizing the neuro muscles to strengthen their self-image, self-worth, self-esteem, to strengthen their beliefs, to strengthen their grit and resolve, to strengthen their habits that can be used for achieving their goals and take the skills that they have and put it into action. Awesome, Antonio. Oh, no doubt. These are great. And, and you know, John, it's a pleasure to meet you today. So excited. Um, you know, I have 400 current employees, but I mentor a lot of businesses. And one thing I do is nice. I walk into franchisees and I talk with them. And, you know, they have these beautiful manuals. And, you know, but it's not really what's in the manual. It's how do you train the mindset right. of that manual for me? So I'm constantly every day training mindset because in with your guest to your customer, right? So you have to align your mindset with the customer's expectation, but then the employee has to align with that same mindset to get the expected result you're looking for. So I'm constantly every day and say, hey, well, they say, this is the way we do it. I'm saying, no, you have to change the customer's expectation is gonna change by the mindset of the customer, but also the mindset of the employee. So could you elaborate a little bit for, as far as like a customer avatar aligning with mindset with the employee avatar? Sure. So you, you probably don't know this, but I used to have um, 85 Remax offices with 1,200 salespeople. We did $4.5 a year in sales. And one of the things that happened years ago, uh, we were stuck at $1.2 And I did a little bit of um, research with my, with my agents at the time of how many of you would like to double or triple your income in the next 6 to 12 months? And everybody's hand went up. I said, great. For those of you that are willing to change your mindset, the inner workings of your mind, 
Uh, I'll teach you over six months how to rewire your brain for a greater level of success. And three, uh, 75 people took me up on that. They paid $3,000 and we did a, a mindset rehab basically for six months. Over six months, those 75 agents increased sales above and beyond the year before by $100 million. Obviously, my mind was blown. Their mind was blown. We taught it to the rest of our, our employees. I'm sorry, our, our employees and our uh, uh, real estate agents. And we went from $1.2 billion to $4.5 billion within three years. Story number one. Story number two, or not story, but whenever we're looking at shifting mindset, uh, it's too nebulous of a term. When we talk about mindset, um, is it attitude? Is it beliefs? Is it self-image? Is it habits? Is it managing and regulating emotions? Like in my world, that's what it means. And it's easy to say, do you, do you agree that mindset is what separates the best from the rest? And everyone says, of course it is. Great. What is mindset? And if you look at Carol Dweck's work, she'll say, well, you either have a closed mindset or an open mindset. An open mindset means you're open to a bunch of things and a closed mindset, you know, you believe that you were born hardwired and you really can change and things can change. That's a very, very surface answer to what mindset is. So when we're looking at understanding behavior, peak performance behavior specifically, it's a combination of several different things that you need to coalesce. And interestingly enough, a flow state starts with stress or a failure state. That activates the stress hormones. But regardless of that, the first thing you've got to align is what is mindset and how are we going to upgrade the mindset and the skill set and the action set to line up and be in constant harmony with the vision and goals that we have. Now, when we break it up into the mindset, the skill set, and the action set, now we set a whole new level of expectation. And then we say, okay, our habits are part of this equation. A habit you know, could be a habitual way of thinking. A habit could be a habitual way of feeling. A habit could be a habitual way of behaving. And everybody says, well, of course, you know, habits control 98% of what we do. I said, great, what is the science around deactivating a habitual pattern in the brain that's automatic to conserve energy and create and reinforce a new habit that lines up with the vision and goal that we want to achieve? And most people say, well, it takes 21 days to develop a habit. No, it doesn't. It takes between 66 days and 365 days, according to the newest research from the University of London, to create and reinforce a new habit, depending on how complex it is. So, for example, with all of my current students around the world, which is over 100,000, about 70,000 are entrepreneurs, I get them to commit to at least 100 days of changing the inner part of the game so that the outer game becomes automatic and the results are predictable instead of possible. 100 days. If you are not prepared to give me 100 days to help you inner-size your mind, then go somewhere else because the chances are that you'll fail and so will I because you're going to blame me. And so first and foremost, it's a level setting of the expectation of the individual, the team, the company, whether it's company you're serving or a company you know, that you are working in. So my employees, when we want to do anything, we want to achieve any goal. We have big lofty goals too. 
I ask my team one question, and the one question will determine whether we take on a new goal. David, you've heard me say this question a million times. It was one of the questions that my first mentor asked me. So let's say I have a goal, uh, it doesn't matter. Let's say it's to make an extra $10 million in a year and give 8 million of that to charity. I ask my team one question, the answer determines yes or no. Are we committed to achieve goal or are we interested in achieving that goal? And here's the difference. If we're committed, we will do whatever it takes to upgrade our mindset, skill set, and the new behaviors required to achieve the goal. If we're interested, we're going to come up with all the reasons, stories, and excuses why we can't or shouldn't. And I only want to do things that I team are committed to. And I do the exact same thing with me. I have lots of goals, and I only work on the ones that I am committed to the process of goal achievement versus goal setting. Love it. Love it. That's awesome. Great job. Real quick, Joe. Yes, good stuff. Uh, clo closer question. <laughs> yes, I have a good closing question. Um, well, I appreciate it, John. You're like the mindset guru, and uh, I love everything that you do. Um, and you know, my daughter's only seven years old, and I'm already talking to her about mindset, and I wish they taught this yes. uh, yeah. at schools. Um, what do you think is the one, all these things that you teach are all amazing, and, I, and I'm such a believer. What do you think has been the one thing that has had the greatest impact in your life um, in everything that you're doing? whether it's everything you're doing here or achieving you know, success, what does it all go back to? Curiosity. Good one. I'm, I'm, I'm insatiably curious um, is one part, but, uh, but I think the, the other part is, and this happened a little bit later in my life, um, you know, as I was getting older, I, you know, I wanted to make sure that I was trading my life for something that I was proud of. And, and so I want to make sure that I don't live a life of regret. My friends, before he died, had one of favorite, his favorite sayings or quotes, and he said, in life, you're either going to pay the price of discipline or you're going to pay the price of regret. Discipline weighs ounces, regret weighs tons. And as I was getting older in the business world, um, I had friends who, you know, they regretted not spending more time with their family. They regretted, you know, not doing what they should have done, uh, could have done, or when they could have done it. They, they had a lot of regrets about their health, about their families, around their, their, their careers or business. And I just said, I don't want to be that guy that sits in the rocking chair and be disappointed in my life. And so I have this refuse to line. And so I refuse to not be radically honest with me. I refuse not to learn and have the self-discipline to let go of what is not working, uh, that may be negative, destructive, or disempowering me, and do the work to create empowering, positive, constructive patterns. I refuse to settle for less than I'm capable of achieving. So I have some refuse to statements in my own mind um, and that just, that drives me. And, and so for me, uh, I wasn't born with it because I was fairly lazy when I was younger. And I think maybe I'm still lazy now, but uh, in being lazy, I'm lazy trying to find the fastest and easiest path. <laughs> so maybe it served me really well. But um, uh, I just, I just want to have a life I'm proud of that somehow um, the life that I didn't think I was worthy enough or smart enough, I left I left high school grade 11, failed English and math in grade seven. Um, I just, 
got a break because I had some killer coaching. First, first, first mentor at 19 just cared enough about me and showed me the path. And I was like, got some results and like, oh my God, maybe, maybe there's hope for me. So uh, th those are, you know, there's not one thing. It's a couple of different yep. things as a result of my own life. That's great. That's awesome. I appreciate you uh, sharing. I share with my sales teams that all good things will lead back to discipline. Awesome. They certainly awesome. do with the desire that you <laughs> right. must be what you can be, which is always my takeaway of being around uh, someone who has shared yeah. with me a journey. Go ahead, Mike. I mean, uh, John. Yeah, no. And then it comes back to like, I know people feel like I'm capable of more, uh, but then it goes back to the mindset uh, where they where they have this negative self-talk that you don't deserve to have more. You're not smart enough. You're not good enough. You're not worthy enough. You're too young. You're too old. You know how many times you failed? You remember how many times you disappointed yourself? And they don't know how to manage that. So it's not that they, like, I believe that the, the essence of every human being is spiritual, which means to me, the intelligence that created the entire cosmos and everything in it uh, is within us. You know, the four main elements in the human body is hydrogen, oxygen, nitrogen, and carbon. Well, you know what the four main are in the universe? Hydrogen, oxygen, nitrogen, carbon. So I am in the universe. The universe is in me. All that to say, it's a skill set issue of what do I do about not feeling smart enough, good enough, worthy enough? What do I do about the limiting beliefs that I developed in childhood? What do I do about you know the self-image that may be holding me back? What do I do about the stress or the fear or the doubt or the anxiety that I have? That, that is a skill set that every human being can learn because every brain functionally works the same. Functionally, every brain works the same. So now we can teach people how to use their brain better. And in teaching them the, to use their brain better and teaching them some skills, soft skills, then we could say, oh, wow, now I have hope. Now, when I have hope, I activate my dopamine uh, reward center of my brain. And now that activates my motivational center of my brain. When that's activated, my behavioral cortex activates and I actually take action instead of retreat into safety. So this is where I go into the neuromechanics we know better today than ever before in the history of our species, but not everybody knows that. So that's part of what my, uh, my work and my passion is to share what I'm discovering with others so that they can love their lives and enjoy the journey. It's an amazing awesome. journey teaching everyone. I am happy, healthy, wealthy, and worthy. And John is someone who figures out what you're doing to interfere with that, your potential. And like I was saying earlier, just a joy to be part of your journey. And uh, I think about the ability to manifest things in my life as that was introduced to me when John was in a movie called The Secret and put a Delmar home up on the wall. And I started learning about not the woo-woo side of manifestation, but what it actually meant and how to incorporate the law of Goya, which is something that I've utilized from John, getting off my own ass and making it happen. And I'm so blessed every day pinching myself that not only is John in my life, but he shares with uh, so much of our community the blessings and the brilliance that he has. John, thank you for joining all of us here on Office Hour.